This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women and addiction. Welcome back to another episode of the Worth Recovery Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict and a recovering sex addict, and I have been sober since December 2nd of 2012, which is coming up on eight years. Kind of crazy. Uh, today, I want to share with you a story, an, exa- um, an experience. Sometimes I, I don't like to say story because it's not like it's a real experience. It's true. And stories are always true. Um, but I wanted to share with you an experience that I had. Um, so a few weeks ago, I was sitting at work. And it's, well, I guess this has been a couple months now. Everything feels like a few weeks ago for me right now in the middle of COVID. Um, and quarantine and restrictions and all sorts of craziness that's going on in the world right now. So anyway, it was a couple months ago. And I was sitting at work. And I was starting to just like really feel bad. Like I, like I felt achy, like my body felt really achy. And I swore I was running a fever. Like I was just, my hot, my face felt really hot. My skin felt really hot. I started to feel really achy. I started to just start to feel really bad. Like I was getting sick. Like I was going to get a cold or there was something wrong with me. And I had a full day of clients to see and to work with all day and all afternoon and all evening. And I thought for sure I was getting sick. So I talked to my supervisor, my boss, and I was like, Hey, I, I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm running a fever, like a really high fever and I don't feel good. And my chest feels tight and my skin is really hot to the touch and I think I'm running a fever. Now, of course, I didn't go into her office because if I'm running a fever, I don't want to take that with me anywhere. And so I just called her from my office to her office. And she says, well, better be safe than sorry, right? Like you should go get that checked out. You should go home, get that checked out, see how you're doing. Don't spread that to any of your clients. Don't spread that to anyone in the office, right? Right. Okay. So I get in the car and I start driving home and I just start to feel worse. Like I feel like I can't really see really well. Like I have like cloudy vision, like brain fogish, like cloudy vision, right? Not actual cloudy vision. Just I felt like I couldn't interpret anything. And I started to feel worse and worse. And like this ache in my chest and my joints just started to feel worse it started to feel worse. So I keep going, keep going. It's about a 30 minute drive home. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to stop at a pharmacy because I don't even own a thermostat. Well, I own a thermostat that controls the temperature of my house. I don't even own a thermometer. There you go. I don't even own a thermometer to be able to check my temperature once I get home. And so I was like, okay, I better stop at a, um, a pharmacy and get a thermometer so that I can check my own temperature. And then I also better stop 
and just, you know, get some cold medicine or whatever it is that I think I I need because, or that I'm getting made, because I felt like my, I swear that in the 30 minutes from my house to the pharmacy, like my throat started to hurt, like everything started to hurt. And I was convinced, very convinced that I was going to get COVID and just very convinced coronavirus. So I go to the pharmacy. I stop at Walgreens because that's the pharmacy close to my house that I like to go to. And they had like a, um, a symptom checker, um, station set up. So they had this guy, he was all gloved up, all like, you know, all his personal protective wear on. And he would like take your temperature and, you know, just check your symptoms. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I can get checked, make sure that I'm really sick before I go and get my test, right? So I go in, sit down, asks me what's going on. I tell him what's going on. First thing he does is take my temperature. And he said, oh, 97.4. I think that's what it was. And I'm like, no, I'm running a fever. No, you're not. He says, <laughs> I was like, yes, I am. I'm running a fever. Like I, my skin is hot to the touch. He said, your skin is hot to the touch. He said, but you are not running a fever. And I was surprised. Like, how could I not be running a fever? And he went through the rest of the symptoms with me. And he was like, I, I think maybe you just have a cold and maybe there's just something wrong. Like a cold. I don't think that you have you know, the coronavirus. And of course I'm insistent that I do because that is what I do. So he's like, if you wanted to wait for a few minutes, I'm happy to check your symptoms again. Okay. I wait a few minutes, checks my symptoms again. No, you don't have a fever. You're not running a fever. Okay. So I buy my thermometer and a couple other things and I go home convinced that he is wrong and that I definitely have COVID totally talked myself into it. However, I get home and I take my temperature and I'm not running a fever, not even close to running a fever. So I sit there on my couch and I am talking to myself out loud, which I do quite often. So I say to myself, like, what is wrong? Why are you like so worked up about this? Why do you feel like you have COVID and that you're running a fever and that your body is achy? Like, why are you so worked up? So I got a journal out because I had to answer my question. Why am I so worked up? And I started to write. And the minute I started to write, like pen to paper, the minute I started to write, I had a total breakdown, like cried, ugly cried for a few hours. And what came out of me was just this um, experience, like so many things came out. But as I was starting to write, I realized that for a few weeks now, well, then <laughs> a few weeks, I had felt these emotions coming up, really strong emotions coming up. I had had some experiences at work that were really difficult for me to kind of sit with. I'd had some experiences with my family uh, that were really hard for me to sit with and really try to understand and really try to comprehend. Um, 
I had also gone through some holidays that were really important holidays in my family when my parents were alive that have since kind of blown up and we don't really celebrate them as a family. Um, and it had just like, I had had all these emotions that were starting to come up, really big ones, really strong ones, a lot of grief, a lot of other things that started to come up. And rather than tend to them, I had been shoving them down, pushing them down, pushing them down, pushing them down, pushing them down. I t kept telling myself, like, you don't have time to do this. I, like, I started writing this out, like, you don't have time. You don't have time to deal with these emotions. If they come up, will they ever go away again? I am so sometimes afraid of grief because of this huge grief response that I've had in my life the last three years since my mom died. And I just sometimes am afraid of those feelings. Like they're going to come up and they're never going to go away. And so I started to write all these things down that I am grieving. Um, I'm grieving so many different things in my life. And then I started to write down all these things I was angry at. Like I just had all of this anger pouring out of me onto the page. I just started writing, writing, writing. I don't know how many pages I filled that day. It was multiple pages, probably close to 10. I just kept writing, 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 tending to all of these emotions that had been building up inside of me. And for the first time in weeks, I had given voice to a lot of those emotions and a lot of those feelings that had been going on. There was a lot of grief. There was a lot of anger. There was also in there though, this huge like excitement about the transition I've been going through from um, teaching to being a therapist and I've started that internship and what does that look like? There was also inside of there just some fear of like, I don't know what the future is going to be like. I don't know what I want. Um, I don't know exactly what I want the future to look like and kind of this transition period that I'm going through. And then also inside of that, there was some loneliness of, I have to do all of these really hard things by myself and I don't have a partner or I don't really have family to fall back on anymore. And I just don't have a lot to fall back on. And I have to do these things by myself. And there was some loneliness in there. And I just kept writing, guys. It was just writing and writing. And as I wrote more and more, it was like more and more ugly cry. I'm a crier by nature anyway. But this was just like over the top. So I sat there, wrote, wrote, cried, 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 wrote, cried, 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 wrote, wrote, wrote for hours. It was a good three hours that I sat there and did that. And when I was done, when I kind of had calmed down and I closed the book and really kind of just sat there and realized my body didn't hurt. <laughs> I don't really have body aches. I didn't really have joint aches, the tightness in my chest had gone away, right? I now own this beautiful thermometer. And so I took my temperature. <laughs> yeah, I took my temperature a lot that day, actually, like every hour, because I was so paranoid that I was going to get sick. And I wasn't sick. I wasn't physically sick at all. Not at all. But I had allowed my emotions and not but, I don't like the word but, and I had allowed my emotions to make me physically sick. 
I had allowed these untended to emotions to build up inside of me to the point where my body was like, Amy, you have got to do something about this. And you cannot leave these emotions left here. You have got to tend to these emotions. And so I did. I took an afternoon and I tended. I tended to my emotions and I took care of them. Since then, I still take my temperature almost daily because I'm a little paranoid. However, I have never run a fever, ever, for months now. I have never run a fever. So, I'm not sick. But it really made me think a lot and reflect a lot about how I got there. Because tending to my emotions is something that I had to start doing really, really early in recovery. I had to start learning how to tend to emotions because my default setting has always been to stuff my emotions down, ignore them, numb them, do whatever I need to do to not really feel them, at least the really big ones or the really deep ones. And so I had to learn in recovery how to tend to those emotions. And I thought that I had had been doing a good job. I thought that I had been, you know, working on making sure that I didn't leave those emotions just floating around and making sure that I did something with them so that I was acting on my emotions and not acting out my emotions by getting physically sick. I have done that a lot in my life. My emotions manifest in um, physical ways. They manifest in running fevers. That's, that's a true thing for me. It wasn't this time, but it is true usually. They manifest in uh, stomach aches. They manifest in just um, that tightness in my chest that I get um, or achy um, joints. When I get achy joints, I also know that that's also, for, at least for me, a manifestation of emotions that haven't been really tended to. Since then, I've had to reevaluate how am I tending to those emotions and is it enough right now? Maybe it needs to be higher. Maybe I need to do more tending. And so I've had to kind of reevaluate and I've had to make sure that I spend some time doing the right thing and tending to those emotions. So today, I just want to encourage you that if you have big emotions going on or if you are a stuffer or a number and you kind of numb out those emotions or you stuff down those emotions or like if you guilt yourself out of them, right? Like you shame yourself out of them. That's a, I hear that a lot too, but I do that sometimes too. Like, why am I feeling this way? I should be better than this by now, right? I should be able to handle this. How come I can't handle this? That type of thing. That maybe you just need to stop and rather than shame yourself out of it or rather than numb it or stuff it down or, you know, allow your body to absorb that shock. Maybe it's time for you to start tending to your emotions better. How do you do that? How do you tend to your emotions? What, what do you do to make sure that you're doing something about that? For me, you know, I, I can only tell you what works for me and what works for those that I work with. Writing, somehow getting those emotions out is the best way to do it. That can be through writing. That can be through talking it out. Maybe you've got a really good friend that you talk it out with. That can be through some physical activity, right? Like the batting cages have been my best friend for a while. Um, I'm super terrible at them, but um, I love being able to actually physically connect the bat with the ball and hit. Like 
for whatever reason that feels really good to me. So you need to find some way to make sure that you are tending to those emotions and getting them out and not just letting them kind of fall around or um, cause problems for you in the long run. If you need help tending to those emotions, maybe you need to ask for some help. Um, but eventually, as a functional adults, we need to learn to tend to those emotions ourselves and regulate those emotions ourselves. So I just wanted to share that experience with you today because I wasn't sick. I'm not sick, but I do have these emotions and sometimes they're really big and sometimes they're really difficult for me to sit with because I don't want to face the reality that they bring into my life. I don't want to always face the grief that I'm struggling with. Um, I don't always want to face, you know, the, the fear or the anger that I have. I don't always want to deal with those. But if I don't deal with them as they come up, then they build up and then they cause me problems long term down the road. So I encourage you today to tend to those emotions. Just take a few minutes, even if you just start with five minutes a day, to just kind of let those emotions come and go and really sit with the reality of what you're feeling. It can pay off dividends long term. So I hope today that you will take some time to tend to your emotions and to allow yourself the freedom of just feeling. We learned in um, a previous episode uh, there's, I've got a couple episodes called Big Emotions with a therapist named John Taylor. And I remember he taught me, I didn't know this until I talked to him. He taught me that our bodies are really only designed to handle emotions, like big, strong emotions for about two minutes. And then after that two minutes, our body wants to let that emotion go. But if we don't let it go, then that emotion builds up inside of our system and inside of our body. And if we will just tend to that, acknowledge it, feel it, and let it go, it usually only lasts a few minutes. And I remember learning that and it really impacted me because I would set that timer and be like, two minutes, okay, I can do this for two minutes, right? But lately, I haven't allowed myself that time. I have more stuffed those emotions down and so then they build up inside my body. And for me, that, that shows up in physical manifestations, um, like thinking that I'm running a fever when I'm really not, tightness of chest when it's really not, um, also like achy joints when it's really not anything that to do with my body, but more to do with those emotions that I'm stuffing. Okay, my friends, I hope that that's helpful. If you want to go back and listen to those Big Emotion episodes, they're really awesome. There's two of them. Um, they're called Big Emotions by John Taylor. And I just, we just talk about the emotions, the really big ones that come up when we are starting this recovery journey or on this recovery journey and how we can tend to those emotions. Okay. I hope you found this helpful. I hope this was great for you as you are learning about recovery or you're trying to level up your recovery or just a reminder of things that we need to be doing, not even in recovery, but just as human beings tending to those emotions so that they don't cause problems for us. I want you to remember today though, that no matter where you're at, no matter what's going on, no matter how far you may think you have gone down this dark road of addiction or dysfunction, 
you are worth recovery. A hundred percent worth it. I know that. And if you don't know that, you can rely on my knowledge until you feel that for yourself. I hope that you will take some time today and tend to your emotions, especially those big ones that you might be stuffing, or plan some time this week to be able to do that. And please remember that I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.